0: and you create this perpetual magnet for talent to where people want to be on your team, one, because it's winning, and two, because you're producing talent for the major leagues.
1: Welcome to the Kingsley Grant Show, the podcast dedicated to helping you become the leader everyone loves and wants to follow. Kingsley believes his leadership paradigm, emo intelligence the art of succeeding where others failed, is the key to achieving this status. On this show, Kingsley guides you through the uncharted waters of emotional intelligence and leadership essentials, with the guarantee that upon exit, you will become more skilled in relationship management, decision-making, and job performance. Now here's your host, your coach, and your Sherpa, Kingsley Grant. Here we go, here we go, here we go. This is your boy, Kingsley Grant, sitting behind the Jamaican microphone, bringing you yet... Another show. And it is from the show that's been voted number three on the top 15 podcasts on emotional intelligence by Feedspot. And so I am excited that you are listening to one of the top shows right now. And I'm in the command center of the Emotelligent Leadership Institute, where I'm going to dig into the vault and get today's show so that what you've come for, you will have. So let me reach in right here and get today's show. There it is. I got it. I got it. And put it down right here. And now we can dive into today's show. And on today's show, we have a guest who is going to talk about a topic that probably you haven't heard Someone taking this position before, talking about how to embrace employee turnover mindset. This is what is contrarian, right? What we hear often is basically is how to have a mindset to retain employees, right? But yet we have our guest today. We'll be talking about, well, maybe, maybe if we think employee turnover we could possibly attract our best employees and not only attract them but also retain them and that's what we're going to discuss in today's episode before we get there let me just say if this is your first time being on this show to listening to the pod, this the podcast let me just say thank you so much for being here and we hope that this will be your first of many times listening to the show, and you'll see why this show is for you, and once you have a taste of one, you're going to want to have more, right? That is our our motto, our mantra for this show. If you've listened, and of course, you're here for a return visit, let me say thank you, because without you, this show would not be as successful as it is. You're listening in one of 60-plus countries right now, And I want to say, again, thank you so much for taking the time to listen, but also to make sure this show has every single week, every single download, that the numbers are reflective of the fact that you're listening somewhere in the world. And again, thank you for doing that. Before we get started now, let me just share one last thing, and that is this show is being brought to you by Kingspire Communication. And Kingspire Communication is a hub where we help leaders get better results, and that is in the workplace to help them motivate, engage, and inspire their people to great work. That is what Kingspire Communication does through keynote speaking, training, and coaching. If that is something that you're interested in and need to know more about, let me encourage you to go to kingsleygrant.com, K I N G S L E Y G R A N T dot com and learn more about how to connect and get the help that you need for your organization, but also for yourself, right? My friend, with that said, let's, without further ado, let's invite our guest to now do what he's come to do, and that's to deliver the value of the content that you've come for. So, with that said, my friend, would you put your hands together? And help me welcome to the show, Mr. Zach Thomas. Thank you for joining me on the Kings of Grant show where leadership and emotional intelligence skills intersect. This show is designed for leaders for you who are listening, who wants to know what works and what doesn't work in today's workplace and wanting to achieve better results. Today, we have a special guest on the show. His name is Zach Thomas. Let me tell you a few things about Zach and we'll fill in the rest as we go. He is an entrepreneur, published author, coach, and speaker. As a West Point graduate, Zach served his country as an airborne Ranger infantry officer before launching multiple successful companies. Today, Zach is a Owner operator of a Chick-fil-A franchise in Rockmart, Georgia. His leading his his leader farming strategy. Growing leaders to grow your business has resulted in top 20% performance metrics and the development of multiple Chick-fil-A franchises from his restaurant. He's been featured in Newsweek and on Good Morning America and is here today to share what he's learned along the way. So with that said, Zach, welcome to the Kingsley Grand Show. How are you doing today, sir?
0: I'm doing well, Kingsley. Thank you so much, and it's an honor and a privilege to be with you today.
1: Awesome. Where in the world is Zach today?
0: <laughs> well, right now, I'm in Rockmart, Georgia. My restaurant is just around the corner, and it's about an hour northwest of Atlanta, mm. and about... 10 minutes, well, about 20 minutes from the Alabama line. So okay. we are, uh, yeah, just just south of Rome, Georgia. A lot of folks have heard of that place.
1: Awesome. So if you are listening and driving through that area, make sure you visit Zach's Chick-fil-A and just say, hey, I heard you on the Kings of Grand Show. That'd be awesome.
0: <laughs> yes, sir.
1: So um, with that said, Zach, the first question I ask all my guests is this, is when you hear the word leader and or leadership, what comes to your mind?
0: Yeah, so thanks, Kingsley. One of the first things that I always say, and I talk about this in my book, is that leadership is not cookie cutter. Mm. And one of my mentors, Andy Christensen, taught me that years ago. And, And what I mean by that is that you cannot take this you know my my wife she bakes my kids bake and mm. you know we've got cookies around the house all the time and so you can't just take this this particular cookie cutter like your favorite cookie cutter mm. and just just apply it everywhere because mm. it just it doesn't work mm. and so you you many people have heard the the platinum rule um you know of course we we know the golden rule the golden rule is you treat others the way you want to be treated right but the platinum rule Um, in, in leadership is you treat others the way they want to be treated, which implies that you understand who they are and what their special particular gifts and strengths are. And so you're actually applying a very specific style of leadership to each individual person that you lead. And so I think all too often uh, leaders tend to fall into the comfort zone of, Mm -hmm. well, this is my style of leadership. And if you don't like it, get over it. (laughs) And um, I think that, uh, you know, a a true leader can essentially kind of be all things to all people in a lot of ways. Mm. Um, And. And and learn how to treat people with honor, dignity, and respect, and learn how to treat people the way they want to be treated, and understanding what motivates each individual.
1: Mm. You know, I um before I make my comments here, I fail to have said thank you for your service, uh, by the way, in in what you've given up your time and of course your family and yourself just to serve in such a voluntary way and to serve your country. So thank you so very much for that.
0: Yes, sir. My pleasure. Sure. <laughs>
1: And so then to figure back up what you just said, Zach, because what I'm hearing, I, I want to play a little bit of a devil's advocate here for a moment, because I'm hearing you asking me as a leader to do work, Zach. I mean, if I had to figure out what <laughs> it is that my people, want, how do they want to be served and to be led? That's, that's how, you know, on top of everything as I have to do, Zach, come on. I mean, that isn't asking me to be a bit, to do a little bit more than I really already have on my plate
0: absolutely you know yeah. i i think back the first thing that comes to mind is the this sign on the entrance to the united states army premier leadership school called ranger school and i was i was not only a graduate of ranger school but i was an instructor there for several years and the sign says not for the weak or mm-hmm. faint hearted and mm-hmm. and i honestly think that you know that applies really to all leadership it's it's not for the weak or faint hearted. If you just want to apply a cookie cutter leadership model to, um, to a group of people and, uh, and, and you, you may get some results, but you're not going to tap into everyone's full potential. You're not going to be able to draw out the best in people.
1: So what are some of the benefits then of if that leader decided, you know, okay, I have been called to leadership. It's not just because I have a title or a position, right? So it's not because of a promotion. I've been called and I'm truly a leader. What are some of the advantages that he or she would experience if they were to um, lead people or serve people the way they want to be led or served?
0: Yeah, so I love that you said that and that it is a calling. And I, I truly believe that. I, I believe that it is not a title or a position. I tell my people all the time that leadership starts in the heart, mm. not when you receive a title or a position. That's good. And so, you know, for for me, um, you know, the question, you know, what do people receive? Well, obviously, you're you're going to be able to help people become the best version of themselves. Mm. Like ultimately that's what we're after. And it, it it helps draw out their strengths. It helps them. And, and what it intuitively implies is that you know and understand their strengths, you know, and understand how they want to be led. And so if you look at you know there's all kinds of personality profiles and all kinds yeah. of stuff out there and um you know and I'm I'm a student of of all of them mm-hmm. so I don't necessarily have mm-hmm. one in particular one that I recommend but one of the tools that I use in my organization is I have a little I have a little baseball card um with each leader they get to put their own little picture on it and and this is something very recent very new that I that I started doing mm. and on the on the back of this baseball card it has all their different personality profile things that I've had them do, including Strength Finder and you know, all that stuff. And yeah. so that I've got this little deck of cards as a quick reference mm-hmm. with my leaders. And when I'm getting ready to go into a meeting with one of my leaders, I can look at this and say, oh yeah. All right. They're a they're a high d they're a high d you know on the disk profile, and yeah. so i like I need to remember that in this conversation, or you know I need to instead of you know giving them direction like very specific this is what I want you to do, I need to give them options, I need to say okay, like here's what the end result needs to be accomplished, and here's a couple ways of doing that, and I'm not going to necessarily tell you. How to skin the cat. I'm just going to tell you the cat needs to be skint, right? Mm, (laughs) I like that. (laughs) And so, um, and so understanding that about people, but then there are people that are like, okay, Zach, I need you to tell me exactly how you want this cat skint, right? Mm, (laughs) Yes. (laughs) And so understanding that about people, and that's what I mean by, Mm. you know, leadership is not cookie cutter. Mm -hmm. And so, what is, you know, what's your tool? What's something that you can do? you know, your your leadership rolodex for those folks that are underneath your leadership, like what's your quick reference for looking back and being able to to see, okay, this particular person needs to hear things from me a little bit differently than this other person. Mm. And so I think as a leader, we're we're kind of selfish if Mm -hmm. we just go into it with, all right, well, this is the way I lead. And if you don't like it, you don't have to work here. (laughs) And so that's, uh, And, and and what I find, you know, Zach, I think
1: you know that kind of attitude and an approach, you know, how have that worked out? Because we now find that people are leaving the workplace not because of the organization per se, is because of the leadership, and so that is what I find tend to happen. People who are your, you know, you, you probably your best employee or employees who would say, hey, you know, what? I I can't I I can't be led this way. I I'm not gonna put up with this. And so they are uh, requiring a much more different type of leader who can g- get in touch with them, access their skill sets, and release them to allow them to be creative and their passion can be all released in the organization. So when I find that what you just said is so key, and I appreciate the fact that you're highlighting that, I love the card idea, I love the quick reference idea. I think leaders should probably find something like that. So they can go in and meet with one of their leaders, but have a, a way of understanding how to engage them in conversation based upon their strengths. So, you said something very interesting earlier, Zach, and um about the workplace and how to to of course you know zone in on the person's strength and so on. And one of the benefits I find, and you can can um expand on this, is that people are more willing to engage and really. Do their best work when they feel as if their leader is taking time to do this kind of leadership. Would you agree with that? How would you um, look at that? How would you say that works?
0: Absolutely, you know. And for me, you know, I've got a hundred employees, and it's almost and it's hard to believe. Some some people are like, "Oh my gosh, you have a hundred you know employees in one restaurant." And yes, absolutely. And so, you know, it's almost impossible for me to to spend time with every right. single person. And, and I mean, it is impossible. I have seven children at home and it's impossible (laughs) for me to spend a lot of time, you know, with, with each individual uh, kid. And so, you know, it's all about intentionality. And so like, you know, just as a, as a, for personal side of things, I mean, I'm very intentional with my children. Like Mm. one day a week, I take one kid one-on-one out to breakfast and we have, we have lunch or breakfast together. And so, same thing in my business it's like for me with my leaders like i want to be very intentional and so i i cannot spend time with every single person but what i can do is that my highest level of of leadership i can spend one-on-one time with them and then my challenge to them and my encouragement them is to teach them what the model of leadership that I'm, that I'm displaying to them and that I'm, I'm sharing with them and, and it trickles down. Like, it's like a cascade effect mm-hmm. that I want to have inside my organization to where at every level of the organization, there are, are leaders that are coaching those underneath wow. them and, and understanding that it's, it's, you know, you can't just apply this blanket, you know, leadership style of, of command and control or, you know, whatever, whatever leadership style that, um, that they were brought up under or mm-hmm. influenced by. And, you know, it's so funny cause I get to select and put a lot of people in leadership for the very first time in their entire life wow. because of, because of the nature of, of my, my employee pool. Right. And yes. so I end up hiring a lot of high school students and college students. And for the very first time, you know, they're, they're put into a leadership role underneath Mm. my leadership and almost instantly they, they go to, it's like a, it's like a f- switch flips, mm-hmm. and they think mm-hmm. that because they received a title yeah. and a position that now all of a sudden they have to become bossy and yes. telling people what to do. And it's inevitable that <laughs> almost every single time after a couple weeks, it's like I have to sit them down and have this conversation <laughs> and just say, look, you remember when I told you that leadership starts in the heart? Yes. not when you receive a title or a position and you, and I want you to know that the reason that I selected you for leadership was because of your heart, mm. not because of your ability to boss people around and tell people what to do. That's good. And so, you know, I have to kind of bring them back and yes. help them understand that the reason they got selected and then help them see how they can lead people without being this, you know, Jerk or jerkette. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: You know, it's interesting you mentioned that, Zach, because, you know, I wrote a very popular article and it was very controversial to some degree on LinkedIn. And I entitled it that you can be a, a boss or a leader. You cannot be both because leaders lead, boss bosses, and who wants to be bossed around? And so I, the whole point was to drive people to understand the, the heart idea to lead people, to develop people, to allow them to, to spread their wings, so to speak, because it's a win-win when they're able to do that. Now, you also mentioned, um, Zach, that the idea of people um being able to feel as if you are personalizing their leading, your leadership of them. So I, I find some leaders are, are struggle with engagement. So how do you motivate, engage and inspire your people to do their to do great work in your
0: organization? What works? Wow, that's a that's a very deep and long question. Yes. <laughs> so I'll try to as I'll best try as you to can. Keep it. <laughs> yeah, I'll try to keep it succinct as possible. Please, yes, um, You know, obviously one of the things that I do and just in terms of my vision is um, I, I do spend every single new team member that I hire, I spend three hours with them, wow. one, not necessarily one-on-one. If I right. hire them in gr- groups, it may be two to three, but we, we sit down in my boardroom and I cast... I call my vision and value session and I spend three hours with them and in that vision and value session, you know, I just, I share my heart, I share my mm. passion. And then one of the things that I say in there and it, it eventually, like my goal is to try to get them to cry, honestly, mm. like by the end of that three hours, I want them to, I tell lots of stories and, and things that help people see that this is so much more than just a chicken business. Like we're actually making a difference in people's lives. And, and all often people do cry. They do tear up because of some of the stories that I have over the years to share with like we had one lady that literally told us that if it were not for the way that my team members treated her, that she would have gone home that day and killed herself. Wow. And, and so, you know, I'm able to share that story and it really brings to life like, Hey, I'm not just here selling chicken sandwiches. Mm-hmm. Like I'm making a difference in people's lives. I may even be saving people's lives. That's true. Right. And so. You know, at, and I kinda conclude this thing with, you know, my my statement, I, I say this all the time that when I'm eighty five years old, sitting on my front porch in my rocking chair, you know, what am I gonna be thinking about? Mm. It's it's not how big my house is because I'll probably be living in a nursing home. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not, you know, how much money's my bank account because I have seven kids and they'll probably spend <laughs> all that. Right. <laughs> and it's not what kind of car I drive because I probably won't even have a license at that point. It's what did I do with the time, money, and resources I was given to make a difference in people's lives. Mm-hmm. And so I structure everything that I do around, you know, opportunities and ways to invest in people's lives and and make a difference in their lives. And so one of the key things behind leader farming is that I do not use fear, force, guilt, or any other form of manipulation to try to get people to, to stay in my organization. And so it's very counterintuitive, but The reality is is if people understand and know that you have their best interest at heart, even if that means them leaving your organization, then they actually want to stay longer. Mm. And so I was literally driving down the road one day and I I had this epiphany. I was thinking about um, high school and college sports teams and coaches that are building and developing amazing programs um you know football programs and baseball programs and all this stuff and you know they're completely disillusioned mm. if they think that they're going to get to keep their players for more than 4 years that's true and so they they have to embrace this idea of turnover. They yeah. have to embrace this idea of creating and launching talent to the next level. Mm-hmm. And so I started thinking about that and then it kind of went another step further. And I started thinking about, you know, even in baseball, they call, they call them farm teams, which is where it just worked perfectly with my book. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, um, but you know, the, the history behind that is that, you know, the, the colloquial term farm team came from minor major league players talking about these, uh, minor league teams that were, down on the farm in these small towns like, and they said they're growing players like corn, right? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it's this colloquial term, but it's really, you know, this idea of creating talent for the major leagues. And so Mm -hmm. what if you were a farm team coach and, and you thought like, I'm just going to get these players and I'm just going to keep them? Well, that that would make no sense, right? Because your entire purpose, your entire job, like here in the Atlanta area, we have the Atlanta Braves have the Rome Braves and the Gwinnett Braves. In fact, I just I literally just came from Rome a little while ago. Mm. And I drove past the Rome Braves Stadium, and you know the 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 coach there, like his whole purpose is to create talent for the major leagues. Mm. But yet at the same time, he has to win games. Yes, and so what amazingly happens through this is if you embrace this idea of turnover, if you, if you embrace this idea of creating an organization that has the player or the, the, in this case, employees best interest at heart, helping them become the best version of themselves, helping them get to where they want to be in life. Even if that means not inside your organization, Mm. then what happens? Well, you win games and, 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 you create this perpetual magnet for talent to where people want to be on your team one because it's winning and two because you're producing talent for the major leagues it makes sense and so it's it's so counterintuitive and it's like when i you talk about controversial when mm-hmm. i talk about embracing turnover people are like what in mm-hmm. the world are you talking about but it it truly works and mm-hmm. so you know, just to share a little statistic with you, uh, last year alone, there were 77,000 expressions of interest to become Chick-fil-A franchisees. And of those 77,000, they selected about 50 new franchisees. Um, quite a few of the restaurants that opened went to existing franchisees as multi-unit, but about 50 new franchisees were selected out of 77,000 people. One of those 50 was one of my leaders that, that i hired him in high school and developed him. And he's opening his restaurant this coming Thursday oh, in, in Wayne, New Jersey. And I'm so excited for him. And, uh, he's, he's like, he's like a son to me and I'm so proud of him. And, but what would have happened if I had said, you know what, you know, I've, I've developed you, I've poured into you and, and, and why would you even think about leaving me? Mm. And, you know, but that's the, the greatest gratification or, uh, you know, th- any, that I will ever receive is being able to see people that I've poured into go out and, and, and do the same thing for other people. It's that, it's that multiplication effect. And, and so as a result, like I don't, I don't struggle with attracting talent. Like I have people, I have a waiting list yes. of people that want to work for me.
1: You know, I can imagine that because, you know, I, I can see that mentality, that attitude, that approach that makes a lot of sense. And I love that illustration or the analogy of using the, the whole sporting um, aspect and about the coach. And I think you're right because not, I don't think you are right because I think that coach who helps people get better, for example, in football for the national football league. And to hear that, Oh, these players came from this school under this coach. That coach gets, you know, the, the idea of the PR, like, you know, he or she's a great coach because look at what comes from that school. Guess what? He's going to be able to attract. At the, like I said, the best of the best because they know that that school is producing those kind of players. So I, I really like that, and I think it's important for leaders to to um, embrace that mindset. But you mentioned the word FARM as a strategy, so it's an acronym F A R M. I'm thinking, right? What does it really is. mean, and how does that look like? How does it look like?
0: <laughs> well, I'm gonna have to give you the the short version yes, because <laughs> yeah, we don't have time to unpack it all. Of course. You know, my book, uh, Leader Farming, is available on Amazon in uh, hard copy as well as um, Kindle version, and then I'm recording Audible version in January. So, right. um, but the the F in um, farming uh, stands for freedom leading, and so I talk about the dichotomy of leadership in my personal journey of being an airborne ranger, hard charging. Like put the fear of God in people, mm-hmm. like it was a good day if I made someone cry for their mother, right mm-hmm. <laughs> <And> so, <laughs> so imagine imagine a pendulum, okay, and so that's the far right side of the pendulum that's the command and control style leader, and then I felt like I was being called to, to leave active duty army, and this is a long story, and I go into it in the book but but I felt like I was being called to ministry and so I left active duty army, went in the chaplain candidate program and, and was, was going to seminary and was planning on going back in the army as a chaplain. And then in that whole process, I, I ended up um deciding to become an entrepreneur and that's a whole nother story. But in that process of, of making that shift, I swung the pendulum all the way over to the other side and I became somewhat of a passive leader. Mm. And I developed this philosophy that if you just love everybody enough, They'll do the right thing, and when I came on board with with Chick Fil A, I got taken advantage of pretty significantly. I had people toting toting chicken out the back door, and I just you know I had I got I was, people were stealing from me left and right, and and I just was it was grace and it was love and it was forgiveness and 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 it just people were taking significant advantage of me. And then, so then what happened? Well, I, I reacted. I said, okay, fine. You're going to take advantage of me. Then I can become this other guy. Mm. And so I swung the pendulum all the way over back to the other side and i be, you know, put the fear of God in people. And, and, and then I was like, I don't want to be that guy. Mm. And then I'd swing the pendulum all the way back over the other side. And it's like, please guys, just, just let me love you. And, 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 uh, I don't want to be this mean guy anymore. And, and, and I'll never forget one day I walked in and I overheard one of my team members say, I wonder which Zach we're going to get today. Wow. And it was just like, my team was experiencing this whole Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde thing. Right. (laughs) And, and so I talk about my journey and how I found kind of a balanced approach to leadership. And, and that's what I call freedom leading. It's where, you know, we can actually, have discipline and, and, and have discipline, but not fear. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and when you look at the leadership style, you know, the whole, the spectrum is command and control all the way over to passive. Yeah. But then leadership method, like how is it that people in that command, control, command and control vein, how do they lead? Well, it's through control and discipline. Mm-hmm. But then in the other spectrum, it's like the only way you get anything accomplished is really just the freedom that people have, but there's really no accountability. Yeah. And And what the middle ground is all about creating freedom within boundaries. And so the follower motivation on the command and control side is it's all about fear. Like, why am I going to show up to work on time? Well, because I'm afraid I'm going to lose my job or I'm afraid somebody's going to yell at me or scream at me or cuss me out or whatever. And it's all external pressure. But then on the other side of that, like the only reason somebody would show up to work is just because they are actually a good person. And, Mm. you know, it's love without any discipline whatsoever. But then kind of that middle ground is it's tough love. It's like, hey, you know, It's the same thing I do with my children. It's like, I love you, but I'm not going to let you stick your finger in an electrical outlet, right? (laughs) (laughs) So... And I tell a story about my two-year-old son that did that when, when, uh, when he was a kid and, uh, had a a paper clip and he was getting ready to stick it in a, in an electrical outlet. And I went over there and I didn't sit him down and say, son, I love you. (laughs) Please don't do that again. No, like he's two years old. He doesn't understand the, the ramifications of sticking a paper clip in an electrical outlet. And so, I mean, I jerked the paper clip out of his hand. I spanked his hand. I said, "I know that's painful. I'm sorry. It made him cry, but that was a lot less painful than the actual shock from the paper clip in the yeah. electrical outlet." <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so, even though it was discipline, it was love, yeah, right? Yeah. And so, yeah. so then, you know, the follower behavior. So, what is the behavior that comes out of that? Well, people that stay stuck in that command and control vein. It's only temporary behavior modification. They're only going to do what you want them to do when you're there watching or you're hanging over their shoulder. But then the other side of that, it leads to entitlement. It's people, they just, they they become entitled and they feel like that they deserve certain things because, you know, they're working for you or or whatever. And, And, but the middle ground and finding that tough love approach and that freedom with boundaries leads to engagement and permanent life transformation. And so that's kind of the freedom leading model. Um, yeah. We've already we've already talked about the A a good bit. We talk about acknowledging the seasons and embracing turnover. So that's right. what the a, a stands for. And just, I talk about seasons a good bit, and we don't have time to pack all that, but I, I, I do spend a good bit of time talking about seasonal growth mindset. I think that we hear really only two versions of, of growth. It's either a fixed growth mindset or, or a fixed mindset or a growth mindset. And, and I believe that there's a third option and that is, that's a seasonal growth mindset. And that's someone that understands that there are seasons. Mm. I mean, you look outside right now, the trees are bare It looks like the tree. I mean, I'm looking out my window right now, and it looks like a tree is dead. Mm. But the reality is, the reality is, is that that tree is still very much alive, and that this is a winter season. And there were some things that needed to fall off. There were some things that needed to fall to the ground and die and decay and become nutrients for future growth. And so that is. you know, what I talk about in terms of a seasonal growth mindset is a leader. And even inside of an organization organization that thinks that they have to have a perpetual harvest time, that every quarter has to be Mm. better than the quarter before, or that every week has to be better than the week before. They're not taking into account that, that this world operates in seasons and that everything operates in seasons. And so when we have an opportunity for difficulty and adversity, there's a lot of growth that can actually come from that, and that's what you know we call winter seasons in our in our personal leadership journey as well as in our in our businesses. So I unpack that in acknowledging the seasons, and then the whole farm team analogy of embracing turnover, and then an R is is risk taking. I mean, ultimately, I think that um, investing in people, yeah. risk taking, investing in people, it is a risk, but it is to me, it is the only true authentic path to leadership. Mm-hmm. Like you have to take that risk and just say, you know what, look, I'm going, I'm going to hire this person. I'm going to invest in this person. And I think it was Zig Ziglar, you know, the quote, everybody knows it's like, you know, what's worse than, um, <laughs> investing in someone and them leaving it's, it's not investing in someone and them staying. Right. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. Um, and then, uh, and then, M stands for making a difference. And it, and it just goes back to that vision piece and helping people see that, you know, we're, I I say we're a leadership development company that just happens to be selling chicken. Mm. Right. And so, Mm. you know, that's really the core of what we're doing. Mm. And, you know, not that I don't care about sales and profit and growth and all that stuff, but it's like really the most important thing for me is that, are we making a difference? Are we making an impact in the lives of those who come in contact with our restaurant? And so my, my personal or my mission statement for my restaurant is to be the best place to work and eat in Polk County. Mm -hmm. And so what does that imply? That means that, you know, it's a great place to work. Like Mm -hmm. people are, their lives are being impacted and, and, and as well, the customer, as well as the team member. So that's the farm analogy.
1: You know, I, I love that and thank you for unpacking that because I think that, you know, you kind of went into the things I believe that if a leader as a leader listening right now can really kind of track along with you because I think you wrap that so well when you talked about the fact of what the mission idea of your, your store is all about because in a sense, you kind of led us there and we saw it as you unpacked it. And then when you said that is the best place, um, to, to, you know, develop people, but uh, no, your own, your goal as a leader is to develop other leaders and who happened to sell chicken. I think that became such a very powerful and profound statement because you did a good job in kind of laying the foundation and the the groundwork, so to speak, for when we got to the point... It's like a boom. It made sense. So I really, you know, congratulate you on that way of unpacking. And it's a great way to kind of help people to to track with you. So I, I think you helped us and helped me as I listened to you, basically how to do leadership in a manner where truly it goes back to the beginning where you say that you help people, you lead people the way they want to be led. And you have, in a sense, are seemingly is doing that. So I know we could probably talk about this all day long, but your, <laughs> book, your book is available um, – available on Amazon and again tell us the title of the book and also you know what's the best place how the what's the best place for people to contact you connect with you and, and learn more
0: sure thank you yes so I'm available on almost all social media platforms at the leader farmer and um, and then of course LinkedIn it's in slash the leader farmer um, but Instagram Twitter Facebook at the leader farmer My website is leaderfarming.com, and then Leader Farming is also the name of my book. But I I do have a special offer that I would like to offer to your listeners, and so I'm, yes sir, (laughs) I'm going to create a a special website, um, and it will be available when this airs, and it it will be um, leaderfarming.com/slash Kingsley Grant, and in, in that link, you'll see the first offer is a, just your email address. You put that in and you get a free quiz that kind of tells you whether whether you are leaning towards that passive leadership style or command and control leadership style. But then, um, I, I'm offering a free copy, a paperback copy of my book, if you just pay the shipping. So, um, I think, I think we put in there five ninety nine for shipping and, um, and get a free copy of Leader Farming Paperback. And then a third thing that I'm offering, and this is going to launch in 2020. So kind of I'll put a link on there for it, but they'll have to kind of stay tuned. But I'm offering um a, a, a mentor group that will be a Zoom type experience to where anybody that just wants to have a conversation with me once a month. We'll get on a Zoom platform and um, and just have that conversation. Folks can listen in, or they can send me questions ahead of time, and uh, it's going to be free. I'm just going to offer it. It's going to be called the Leader Farm, and um, that's that's my what I'd like to share with your guests or your your listeners.
1: We know thank you so much, Zach, for that because I really believe it's a great offer. And so, again, the links will be in the notes that follow the show. And so you'll be able to find those. If you miss those, you don't worry, we'll have that for you. And, again, it's com slash kingsagrant, K-I-N-G-S-L-E-Y-G-R-A-N-T. Again, it's com slash kingsagrant and you'll be able to access what all that Zach shared just now. So again, the links will be there, and I believe it's a great way to not only hear more about what Zach had to share, but really to recapture this this episode you've listened to, and you you probably want more like I do, and hey, we have more available. It's just that we don't have enough time, and you can go to the the website, that page, and get all that information, and hey, he's making a great deal. You can't beat it, right? Get a free copy of his book. All you pay for is shipping and handling. So, Zach, with that said, I want to say thank you so very much for taking the time to be with us here on The Kings of Grand Show, and I Truly appreciate that. And uh, it's great having you here, sir. It's
0: my pleasure. Thank you.
1: And there you have it, my friend. As we've come to the end of another episode, you have hopefully today you are one step closer or one skill closer to getting better results. That is why I do this show. So that's why I bring guests like Jack. To the show to hear, share with you what's working and what's not working. Because as somebody in the business world, having employees, having to work a business, do the very things you're doing, and probably more, we want to know what is making things better, what helps us in attracting the best workers, best employees, and retaining them. And hopefully what you heard today through Zach's lens, our lenses, you have gotten a better idea. So, my friend, I thank you for taking the time to be in here and remember your one skill, one skill away, one skill away. And that's what we try to do every day on this show is bring you a step closer to your best result. And, my friend, with that said, we need to put the show back into the vault. So, let's do that right now. Here we go. There it is. The show is now stashed away back into the vault in the archives and then I can safely exit the command center of the intelligent leadership Institute and say my goodbye with that said my friend peace out god bless and I'll see you on the flip side yeah.